This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good afternoon everyone. Shalom Aleichem. So originally the subject of today's shiur at this, during this slot was winning techniques to guard one's eyes for Kedushah. And they gave me a 90 minute segment. And nobody wants to hear about this for 90 minutes. And I don't want to speak about it for 90 minutes. So we're going to speak about it briefly. And then we're going to an in-depth Sugiya and Shas, it's going to really uh, um, blow your mind, okay? So let's speak about this subject because it is the summer, and uh, in the summer one of the big challenges is for a person to be able to use the proper self-control to preserve the Kedusha of their Enayim. The eye is a very important part of the body. Actually, the Gemara tells us that the Malach HaMavet is Kulo Enayim. The angel of death is all eyes. In other words, if you want to tell, what, are they, what does the angel of death look like? You know, imagine like, you know, the real villain in your superhero comic book. What, is, what does the angel of death look like? The Gemara says, Malach HaMavet Kulo Enayim. Chatam Sofer explains, because basically the angel of death is what we make of him, the sins we do. And one of the most prevalent sins that we're subject to is not using self-control in terms of what we look like. So the angel of death, is he's all eyes. He's like a blob of eyes of the improper uh, things that we've looked at. So I would like to share with you today three winning techniques, maybe four, that will give us chizuk uh, in this area, especially uh, actually, you know, in Panama it's summer the whole year. Right, but it's always a challenge, especially in our generation with technology, where what's available to look at today in one minute, in a hundred years ago they couldn't see in in uh, their entire lifetime. Okay, so let's establish the following principle. Rabbeinu Bechaye, you know one of the great Rishonim. How are you? You're on camera. <laughs> Rabbeinu Bechaye, it's good. It's good for business. Most people who have. Most people have been on tour any time, their business all of a sudden, you'll see. But I get, I would like 12%, per, 12% of f- all future customers, you know? Yeah, yeah, come. Now it's 14%, but... Okay, Rabbeinu Bechaye establishes the following principle. He says that Friday night, we know the mitzvah is on the Isha to light Ner Shabbat. At that time... The Rabbeinu B'chai. Rabbeinu B'chai is one of the most important commentaries on the Chumash. He's one of the great Rishonim. Chatam Sofer said that for 40 years, every Friday night, he learned the commentary of Rabbeinu B'chai, and he always saw a new chidushim in Rabbeinu B'chai. Rabbeinu B'chai writes that at the time that the woman lights the Ner Shabbat, she should, be, she should pray to God that Hashem should give her children that illuminate the world B'Torah. In other words, the most opportune time of the week for a woman to pray for her children is when she lights Ner Shabbat. Why is that? So Rabbeinu B'chai establishes the following principle. That at the time that one performs the mitzvah, it's, it is what is known as Eit Ratzon. You know what Eit Ratzon is? Opportune times. You know, just like with, with uh, human beings. If you need something, a smart person knows... So, there are good times to ask, there are bad times to ask. Even with your friend. Let's say um, my kid knows, you know, if he wants something from his father, they're good days, they're, they're not. They're good times, they're not good times. So the same thing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
We could always pray, but we always say, We want to daven at an opportune time. Rabbeinu B'chai establishes that when the woman lights the Ner Shabbat, it's an eight Ratzon, it's an opportune time. Therefore, she should utilize that time to pray, to pray for the welfare of her children. By the way, Rabbeinu Yonah, also one of the great Rishonim, he says that when you give tzedakah, you're doing a mitzvah. Do a mitzvah, it's an opportune time to pray. Okay, so let's say you need something. You need, uh, somebody needs refuah shalema, somebody needs zivug, whatever you need. You're having, you have a business deal that's going through, you're worried about something. You give tzedakah, at the time that you give tzedakah, you're doing a mitzvah. The time of the performance of mitzvah is eight ratzon, that's a good time to pray. Okay? So, comes the Rebbe, Shomer Amunim. He says, well, you know, there's another mitzvah in the Torah. The other mitzvah is Lo Taturu Don't stray after your eyes. So let's say you're walking down the street and you have a temptation to gaze at something immodest. So there's a mitzvah in the Torah not to not to uh, derive benefit from it. In other words, if, if she's not your wife, you look away. You don't have to see something that's not modest. Or you're on your phone. You could look at an improper image, you could look at an improper uh, uh, picture. At the time that a person turns away, turns it off, looks the other way, you're doing a mitzvah. A mitzvah de oraita. Which mitzvah? Velo taturu achare levavchem v'yachare yenechem. Oh, at the moment you're doing a mitzvah, it's an eight ratzon. It's an eight ratzon. You could pray for whatever you need. So, now this is a very powerful technique. Why? Because part of the psychology of how the Yitzhar Hara gets a person to immerse himself and to really uh, feed, you know, to, to enjoy the vision, to enjoy the image, you know how the Yitzhar Hara works? He says, come on, you, just, you look very quickly, and nobody will know. You do it very quickly, and then you'll go to the Beit Midrash, and you'll forget about it, no big deal. You know, he basically wants to like, stuff it in, make it happen very quick. So what this does is, it slows down the situation in real time. You say, well, wait a second. This is epic right now. This is an opportunity. This is not a challenge. This is an opportunity. You know, I could think of something I might need to pray for. We could all think of things we might need to pray for. I know somebody who needs refuah shlema. I know somebody who needs help with parnasa. I know somebody who needs siyata deshmaya. I need somebody who needs a zivug. I'm going. I'm not going to let the Yitzhahara just like you know stuff this in and you know make me succumb. I'm going to stop this in real time. I'm going to pause and I'm going to say, Hashem, you're giving me this challenge. I'm going to look away and I pray to you for A, for B, for C. And there's a there's a havtacha. We are vouchsafed. In other words, it is an opportune time to have your prayers answered. So don't look at it like, oh my gosh, uh, you know. The whole day I'm supposed to be like a malach? No, God's giving you a gift. He wants to help you get your prayer answered. So He's giving you the challenge, self-control. You utilize that moment, and Be'ezrat Hashem, all the tefillot should be nitkabel berachamim of ratzon. It's true for any mitzvah. The thing is, most mitzvot, it's not such a big challenge. Most people... They put on tefillin in the morning. They don't find it like to be so challenging. This is something that we have a desire for. So when you have a desire for something, it's hard to overcome. 
You know, arayot. The Gemara says people are have na- has a natural desire for it. So when it comes to arayot, we need a technique. We need a trick. You know, once you get into the habit of you know waking up for shacharit and putting on the tefillin, but the truth is, this, you could utilize this technique for any for any mitzvah. Anything you have a challenge in, utilize uh, this technique. Let's say a person gets angry. You know, a person is prone to kas. So when a person, somebody starts to annoy you, and you feel like you want to wring their neck, and then knock them out, you take a deep breath, and you say, well, you know, wait, this is a challenge. Hashem's giving me an opportunity to overcome my uh, kas. And instead of knocking the guy down to the floor, I'm going to take a deep breath, I'm going to say, God, please, I pray for Ruvain, for Shimon, for Levi, for Sarah, for Rivka. And then that's a, it's a technique to have your prayer answered. There's a mitzvah not to get angry. There's a mitzvah not to get angry. There's a, there's a mitzvah, yes. But, but Rabbi, you mentioned specifically the Lakanerot for women. Yeah. The Lakan for men. What yeah. specifically those moments? It doesn't. Mitzvah for women. Did she ask for? Yes, yes, yes. Or I'll give you another example, a very beautiful example. You ever notice we do? Uh, you eat bread. Then you say, Berchat um, HaMazon. At the end of Berchat HaMazon, what do we say? Harachaman hu yimloch aleinu lamvad. Harachaman hu yimloch aleinu lamvad. All these harachamans. What's going on here? What are these harachamans? So the Chafetz Chaim explains, you just did a mitzvah da'oraita. You said Berchat HaMazon. So since you, you perform a mitzvah da'oraita, the Chachamim added personal requests because now it's an etratzon and it's an opportune time to have your tefillot answered. Okay. I'm going to share with you a very powerful idea. What? No, 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 we're still this go. Yeah. I need like 10 more minutes on this, okay? Here's another idea. I'm going to tell you something very frightening now. <laughs> you scared? I'm going to, let's, let's pose a question. Teshuva could clean any sin. Yes or no? Yes, right? Everybody loves to say that. Every rabbi and every... Every rabbi and every shiur is going to say, Teshuvah takes care. No, most things it can't. You know that? Forget... Okay. Benadam lemakom. Yes or no? Teshuvah wipes away every sin, right? Yeah. You've been listening to too many shiurim. Okay? But that's not what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, Dav Pevav, Arba'a Chaluke Kapara. Which means like this. If a person violates mitzvah taseh, okay, for example, we know there's a mitzvah taseh to say kriyat shema bizmano at the right time. So let's say this morning, you know, you want to say kriyat shema in the morning, according to Magen Avram, it was probably around 8.40, according to Vilna Gaon, about 9.30. In other words, you have to say shema in the morning before a certain time. Let's say, so I don't want to, I want to, I'm going to wake up 11 a.m. and say shema when I'm ready. You can't do that. Kriyat shema bizmano. Let's say a person blew it. You know, they slept through Kriyat Shema. They were mevatel mitzvata say. Says the Gemara, sons mevatel mitzvata say, you do tshuva, you're done, you're clean, right? On the spot, on the spot. It's like, you know, you get a little uh, cookie stain on your shirt, you throw it in the washing machine, it's good to go, it's clean, it's clean. It's even more white than when you bought it, okay? Teshuva knocks off mitzvata say immediately. What if somebody violated love? Alav. Let's say somebody wore sha'atnez, or somebody spoke lashon hara, and you did shuvah. 
Okay. Yeah, Yisurim. The next time it happens to you, love. Somebody violated love. A love in the Torah. A love. A negative prohibition. Torah said, "Don't do this." No, I'm not talking about karet. A love. Yeah, makol. A love. Sheyish ba'maasa. For example, shatnez. You do teshuvah, it does not take off the sin. Teshuvah toleh, tshuva is pending. V'yom Kippur mechaper. Tshuva just bails you out until Yom Kippur comes. It gives you protection. You're in witness protection program until Yom Kippur. That's why Yom Kippur comes. You can breathe a sigh of, of relief because until Yom Kippur you have this like, you know, looming, uh, looming thing over your head. Why do we make Suda of Yom Kippur? Baruch Hashem, we made it. We survived till Yom Kippur to get kapara for lavim. Okay? Somebody violates lav sheyesh bo karet. That's Suda before Yom Kippur. What? You're talking the Suda. Suda before Yom Kippur. Big Suda. The whole day you're eating. Not you. I mean, everyone, right? <laughs> Somebody violates lav sheyesh bo karet. Tshuva alone? Nope. Yom Kippur! I fasted the whole day. I listened to the rabbi for nine hours even though I don't know what he's talking about. No, it doesn't do it. Chas v'shalom. Gemara says, Tshuva v'yom Kippur tolah v'yisurim memarkim. Travails in life. Difficulties in life. Chilol Hashem. Teshuva. Nope. Yom Kippur. Nope. Yisurim. Nope. Ad Yom Hamita. They're very scary, no? That's frightening. What is Chilul Hashem? Chilul Hashem. Now, you ready for this? Suma. Suma is what? A blind person. Chashuv Kemet. Is as if he's dead. How are we doing? Suma. Chashuv Kemet. A blind person is as if he's dead. Sure. So Hilul Hashem, if someone disrespects uh, non-Jew, is that Hilul Hashem? No, Hilul Hashem is someone who disrespects Torah scholar. Ah, okay. But what does it mean of his mita? He gets, he gets forgiven the day he dies, or he, he goes... The day no, the, the, through mita he gets kapara. I'm not here to scare you. I came here to have a good time with you, you know. But so here I have a I have a very uh, an opening of hope, an opening of hope. Suma, a blind person is chashuv kemet. It's like he's dead. If somebody who can't see is considered as if he's dead, what about someone who could see and chooses not to? So then he's also like suma. He's also chashuv kemet. So if somebody has the opportunity to look at something indecent and he says, to honor God, I'm going to control my eyes, he's rendering himself as if he's dead. Mechaper kol avonot! Right there in one second. With tshuva, with tshuva. Meaning you're meharher, but tshuva, you, you feel regret for your sin. Closing your eyes, turning away from an indecent image is considered like a person... Rendered himself like a met, like a dead person. It's machaper kol avonot. That's a that's a big one. But you need, Roy, you need to pass through Kippur also. Huh? 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe. 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 Maybe, but it's better. It's, it's sure better than the alternative, right? <laughs> okay. I want to share with you another one. When somebody... Yeah, this is the Chidush. This is the Chidush of the Sefer Darkei HaTshuva, Rabbi Eliezer Nachman Pua, student of Ramami Pano. Ramami Pano is one of the Italian Mikubalim. This is a very big Chidush. That's what I came for. I'm going to come here to tell you Aleph Bez. I came, I, it was five and a half hour flight. I better have something good to say, you know? <laughs> Is a Suma obligated in all mitzvot? It's Machloket. We say no. He's not allowed to violate Lavim, but he's not Mechuyav in mitzvot Asa. He's Eino Mitzvah Ba'osa. It's Machloket, but we hold Eino Mitzvah Ba'osa. But this, but this guy who could see and closes his eyes, he is Mitzvah. Yeah, he's not. He's not off the hook now. That <laughs> okay. Listen to this idea. One of the psychological techniques the Yitzhar Hara uses to get a person to look and to want to look and to gaze and to stare is in America. We have a new expression. You probably it probably came to Panama. FOMO. Yeah? yeah. What's FOMO? Maza FOMO? Fear of missing out. Where the Yetzirah says, if you don't look now, you're destroying your whole life. You don't know what you're missing out on. Right? That's, that's the urge, right? It's FOMO. You know? Like, my life is not complete. I'm going to be missing a pleasure in life and I'm going to be like, I'm a, you know, I'm a loser. I'm a loser. Everyone else is enjoying themselves and I'm a loser because uh, I didn't. Okay. So you ready? We're going to address that. This is awesome. I want to tell you a Gemara in Menachot, Daf Memdalet. On your sheet, it's number 13. There's a story about a guy who is Zahir, the mitzvah tzitzit. Okay? But that's it. All he did was tzitzit. Nothing else. He heard about a zona, a harlot, you know, who uh, commanded a very hefty sum. She, she was a professional harlot. She's top, top in her field. Okay? And uh, she charged 400 golden pieces. He sent her the money. They made up the time. She was waiting for him. So um, he enters and uh, she says, come. Basically, the Gemara says there were seven beds, one on top of the other, on top of the other, on top of the other. Each one was silver, the top one was gold. Six ladders, each one was silver, top one of gold. She was waiting on the top. He was heading up to, you know, to get what he paid for. As he's about to do the ma'aseh, his tzitzis hit him in the head. He was all ashamed. He goes back down to the floor, and he's lying there in shame that he was about to do this. She goes down, she said, what's wrong with me? Do I have a... Am I ugly or something? Tell me what's wrong. You're the first person who ever turned me down. He says, no, you're the most beautiful Isha I ever saw. And he told her the story about the tzitzis. God gave me one mitzvah. It's called tzitzis. And it says by tzitzit, Ani Hashem Elokeichem, I'm going to punish you if you, if you uh, violate arayot, and I'm going to reward you if you overcome. And these tzitzit, there were like four witnesses that were going to testify against me, so I couldn't do it. She said, tell me, what's your name? 
Who's your rabbi? What yeshiva do you go to? You've got good stuff there, you, you know. You're a real man. Everyone else has been a wimp. Everyone else fell for me. How'd you do it? So he gave her his name. He gave her the name of the Rebbe. He gave her the uh, name of the yeshiva. What happened? Um, so the, the Gemara says, um, she took all her money, she gave a third to the Roman government, so they shouldn't capture her. She gave a third to the Aniyim, and she took a third with her, and she took the mattress and the sheets and the linen to the yeshiva. She comes to the guy's yeshiva. She says, Rabbi Chia, please convert me. I'm very impressed with your religion. Rabbi Chia says, uh, okay, maybe the reason you want to convert, maybe you want to marry one of my guys here in the yeshiva. So she said, actually, I'll tell you the whole story. So Reb Chia was so impressed by her sincerity that Reb Chia said, go take your mattress and your linen and marry the guy and use the mattress and use the linen. What do we learn from this Gemara? The Vilna, the Vilna Gaon writes, what, what a Baal Ta'ava, you know what a Baal Ta'ava is? A Baal Ta'ava. What somebody tries to get with illicit desire in sin, a tzaddik, Hashem will give it to him, beheter. You hear this? Any pleasure that a person wants to get in sin, Hashem will give to the tzaddik in a permitted way. And the stipler Gon writes, any pleasure that a person gives up because there's, a, there's Isur, or there's an Avera, or it's not proper, Hashem will figure out a way to get you that pleasure, B'derecheta. Now, don't take this too far. <laughs> but there's a certain, very important idea over here. And that is, most of the time, when a person wants to give in to a Ta'ava, he says, look, you know, maybe I know I'm not supposed to do it, but I really don't want to lose out. That, I mean, think about it. What... What, what's getting the person to do the Avera? The fact that a person doesn't want to lose out the pleasure. So the way to talk to the Yitzhar Hara, you say, Yitzhar Hara, why should I do the Avera, get the pleasure of Isur in Avera, in sin, and then I'm going to get punished for it, then I'm going to feel guilty about it, and then it's going to stay in my neshama, I'm going to overcome the challenge, and God will figure out a way to get me the Hana, whether it's with my own... Family, whatever it is, whatever the situation is. But this is very good in terms of, you know, in, in um, financial areas. Sometimes a person has a way of making a quick buck, you know. Be'esur. Yeah, you know, maybe I should cut a corner or take advantage of this to, to, to get, make a quick buck. So a way to fight the Yitzhara is to say, look Yitzhara, why should I make $10,000 that way? Maybe it's gezela. Maybe it's Geneva, maybe it's stealing, and if it is, I'm taking money that doesn't belong to me. You know what? I'm going to back that off. God has many ways to get you that amount of money. Not only that, if, if you refrain from it, you will get it some other way. That's a very powerful technique against the Yitzhahara. Whenever the Yitzhahara says, go for it, go for it, go for it, say, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing, and I'm going to get that Hana'a in a permitted way. So you know, the sorry, how you know if the Yitzhara is not you are not doing the permitted way? In this case, where the woman was zona, 
right? And she's waiting for him after he ah, paid the 400 right. bucks. Yeah, he was so pretty nice. sure that that was not the right thing ah, to yeah, do. That's good for sure. yeah? How is it possible I went over there with Tzitzit? What? How is it possible I went over there with Tzitzit? Well, how is he still wearing the Tzitzit at that point? <laughs> you know why? It's an obvious question. Yeah, because the biggest Rishaim will never give up their Chumrot. That's why. Right? It's the, it's the, the people who are... Uh, you always have to watch out for the, for the Rishaim. The Rishaim will couch everything in... in uh, in fake righteousness. This guy had the good sense. He kept his tzitzit on. But usually, uh, you always got to watch out for the people with the religious garb. Watch out for those people. <laughs> what do you mean garb? Garb, clothing. <laughs> okay, so those are, so just to summarize, number one, sure. Quick question. Yeah. Don't take it too far. What do you mean? No, I mean, don't say, uh, in the case of the zona over here, you know, you know, let's say a person wants to look at something improper, you know, you have to understand that there might be certain limitations of how that pleasure is going to come to you. Maybe it's not that exact pleasure, but whatever satisfaction, perhaps, or happiness in life that you think you would have by giving in to the pleasure, Hashem will give you that level of satisfaction. doesn't mean you're going to eat, you know, um, if I don't eat that burger in McDonald's, I don't know if Hashem's going to give you a McDonald's burger. He'll give you the equivalent of that, you know. You have good restaurants here in Panama. So you'll get a... Get what? Yeah, something good. Something good. Okay, so number one, if a person has a challenge in any area, you say, this is a mitzvah. If I overcome it, it's an eighth ratzon. And I'm going to use that opportunity to daven. Then specifically when it comes to closing one's eyes, where just like a suma is chashuv kemet, Somebody chooses not to look, they're also chashuv kemet, and it's mechaper, even on Averot, that it would require mitah. And then finally, we said the idea that, that there's no FOMO, don't worry about missing out, Hashem will find a way to get you the pleasure. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.